We're going to start a new series today. Let every heart make room. And it really, I, I think this is a really good transition between the last series, Do It, that I've mentioned already. Live exclusively, live abundantly, live extra, uh, generously. And uh, it's a good transition into, into the, the, the theme for Christmas. But uh, I love it. The, the words, when I, when I hear this title, I think, let every heart prepare him room. Have you ever heard that before? Would you sing that with me? Let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing and heaven and nature sing and heaven and heaven and nature sing. One of my favorite verses is he rules the world with truth and grace. Isn't that great? I think we ought to do this since it's blessing season. Praise God from whom all blessings. Lift your voice. Praise him all creatures here below. Praise him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father Son and Holy Ghost. Amen. You make a wonderful choir. Ah, I used to direct choirs and orchestras in a former life on this earth before I got here. We don't believe in reincarnation. I'm just kidding you there. <laughs> Let every heart make room. Don't shovel this to somebody else. Do you have room in your heart for him? Could I remind you, as I said last series, this world is not your home, so followers of Jesus need to live like it. We need to hold on to him and let go of things, don't we? A lot of things have you ever tried to hug somebody through a wall or with a big object? You know what I'm saying? Like hug your wife through a dresser or something like that? I mean, no, it's ridiculous. We gotta get things out of the way. Nothing between us. Are you living like it? I'll say it again. This is not all there is. On the bleakest day when you think most are out of things are out of control, take hope, take courage. This is not all there is. We're living for another higher place. It's amazing as I talk to you about how we can accumulate stuff along the journey of life. I mean, I didn't know, but clothes have a reproductive uh, issue going on. I mean, you know, you clean out your closet and two months later there's more than you had when you cleaned it out. Can anybody relate to that? It's not only material, but it's, it's, it's emotional as well. And if you're not careful, for example, I mean, you, especially at this blessing season, I mean, I, I meet a lot of bah humbug kind of people during the blessing season and they just detest people like me being around you know, because I'm distantly related, at least to, to Tigger. <laughs> and if you're not careful, though, more than a material sense, you can accumulate things like discontent and hurt and negative thoughts and attitudes and actions in the blessing season, for goodness sake. You know why? Because you have your eyes too much on your stove instead of him and them. How do you know that'll cure, 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 the, cure the blues? You won't have a blue Christmas 
You'll have a Merry Christmas. Get your eyes on God and others. So over the next few weeks, all through the blessing season, we'll be talking about letting go of things that weigh you down, slow you down, and hold you back whether you know it or not. And I pray the Holy Spirit will speak to your heart about this. I can't manipulate it. I can passionately share, but you've got to make these decisions what you're going to do with the truth. All of this so you can live the life that truly honors God. I want to live a life that truly honors God. How about you? That's why we're here today. That's why we're doing baptisms today. We're celebrating lives that are gonna truly honor him. And so this theme that I've probably alluded to before, but I wanna say it again based upon a scripture that I'll read in a moment, that it's, we need to have less of the things that don't matter and we need to have more of what does. Is that pretty, would you agree with that? I want more of what really does matter. I mean, what's gonna last? Here's the challenge. Our culture shouts just the opposite and it's nothing new. Nothing new under the sun, Solomon wrote. This is a story as old as the creation of this world of man, all which Godly highly approved of because he said, good, 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 very, very good. You remember that? And then Satan came along and, and convinced them, the wonderful good creation, that they, listen, they didn't really have what they truly needed. Oh, my. How many of you know he's still using that line? God said, all of this is yours except for one thing. All of God's yeses weren't enough to deal with his one no. Eat of the forbidden tree. Don't eat of the, of the forbidden tree in the middle of the garden. Satan said, did he really say that? You know why? Because the day that you do, you'll be like God. And man, Satan's been using that before and ever, that line ever since. Do this and you'll be like God. That's what's happening in our culture. We, we think that we can, without God, we can do, we can create a utopian world without God. He created the Garden of Eden, which is that, and, and we, we messed that up in a hurry, did we not? And we still think we're falling for his line. We'll solve it. We're gonna have world peace. Regardless of what the Bible says, there'll be wars and rumors of war. Nation will rise up against nation. That's a fact, and man's never gonna solve that problem. How do you know that's true? God's sovereign, his word speaks. Wow, we can't be too critical of Adam and Eve because we fall for the big lie ourselves just a little bit more. Did God really mean that? Did he really give you that conviction? Oh, that's old, that was 15, 20 years ago. Hey, if it's a conviction from God and to God, how many of you know it still stands? Here's the verse in Ecclesiastes 4, 6. Better one handful with tranquility or peace than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Oh my. Is it kind of fruitless to chase the wind? It's like a dog chasing his tail. It's like driving around a cul-de-sac. Or a roundabout. Solomon and all of his wisdom waiting on this topics and this topic and what he wrote is still relevant, I believe, today because, because he was implying our key thought that it's better to have more of what really matters. What are you going after? Does it have eternal value? I mean, not just in your head, but I mean through your lifestyle, the things you're really pursuing. What are your kids seeing and your grands seeing in you? I just wanna say this, and I may say it again, but your life matters too much to settle for anything that doesn't really matter. God is too good, your calling is too great. His blessing is on your life. He doesn't want you to waste your life. He wants you to invest your life in things that really matter. Not just here, but he wants you to invest towards eternity. 
the best way I know to invest toward eternity is through people that are gonna live forever. Agreed? Luke 12, 15, we have this somber warning. It's like danger, exclamation point, warning, beware. Beware, Luke 12, 15, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. Greedy people can have a lot. Greedy people can have a little. That matters not. It's the attitude of the heart. This warning was issued from the heart and the lips of Jesus. Beware. That's a serious word. It gives you pause. Some ever-present danger is lurking ahead. Warning, warning around the corner. Beware. There's physical danger, but yet greater still, there is spiritual danger because those things you pursue end up becoming your God, small g. Life is never measured by what you own, what you have. You are not what you have. Your looks, what you live in, what you drive, what you wear, your whatever, it's a lie that you don't have what you need to be faithful and happy and fulfilled. It's a lie that you need whatever you don't have to make you complete. That's a lie. So could I ask you before we get into three simple points, what if the stuff you are accumulating robs you of the life you want and need? I'm not saying it is, I'm just asking you, what if? What if? What if the things we constantly rearrange our lives around have no or little eternal value? Well, we're into quality living because that's what God wants. If you haven't, a lot of you are about to spend a bunch of money on stuff to give your kids and grands stuff for Christmas and if it comes in a big box, they'll ignore the stuff you got them and they'll play with the box the rest of the day. I think, Dixie and I have been talking, I think at our home, the only thing we need to do is keep our grands happy, we just need to get them rolls of Scotch tape and staples and paper, you know, white and colored paper, and they're good to go. And that's way cheaper than most things. So I wanna give you three thoughts, simple thoughts today about let every heart make room, three practical things that I think will help us to focus and live quality lives during this blessing season. The first one is this, because you know I, you have trouble following my points sometimes. The first one is clean house. The second one is consume less. And the third one is contribute more. We're transitioning from last week to our new series, clean house. When you take an inventory of all the stuff that you have, it's probably quite ridiculous. It's one thing to see it, but if you put it all in one pile, it would almost be embarrassing. It'd be like kind of a gross example, but how would you like it if you came here and on the platform was every piece of food you've ever eaten in your life? Wouldn't that be embarrassing? Wouldn't it be gross? That's how it is sometimes with accumulation of things. Are you with me? We don't realize it, but if we stack that all up, think, oh, unbelievable. So I'm suggesting in this blessing season and beyond, it might be time to clean house because your life doesn't consist of things. Because things have a way of creeping up on us and things have a way of owning us because we gotta take care of the things, don't we? Some people would call this downsizing. Most of us have closets and drawers and attics and garages and even storage buildings that are overflowing with things 
that we don't wear and don't use. This is not your life. Life does not exist, never have, never will of these things. So how about considering getting rid of the stuff that you don't need? And, and I'm not talking about junk. I'm talking about good stuff. Don't just settle for decluttering. De-own some stuff. Owning less is way better than organizing more. Wouldn't you agree with that? In the Bible, in the New Testament, Jesus spoke of the rich young ruler. He's called now, and I'll read it in Matthew 19, 21. Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect, and almost every translation paraphrase says perfect. The, the New American Standard says complete. Uh, the, the message paraphrase says give it all, all, you, all you've got. It, it's, that, it's that idea of, of completeness and significance. To be perfect, go sell what you have and give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. In other words, don't be afraid to get rid of anything that hinders you from following me, he's saying. But when the young man heard this, what did he do? He went away sorrowful because he had great possessions. He didn't have them, they had him. They had his heart, and he went away with great sadness. I'm not suggesting for a second, I'm not trying to put you on a guilt trip, but I wanna say to you when I talk about these things today, even this, this series, I wanna preface by saying God loves you, God loves you, God loves you. Whatever shape you're in today, God loves you. Jesus died for you provisionally. Your sins have been provisionally paid for. He loves you. All you have to do is respond and receive it. That's what baptism is about. It indicates that people have said yes to Jesus, to a relationship with him. It's yours. But he loves you. So don't go on a guilt trip because I want to tell you, the Holy Spirit does not work in putting you on a guilt trip. He will bring conviction, but there's a big difference. Guilt trip is to destroy, destroy you, to bring shame or whatever, but conviction is to make you better. God said, I have more for you than this. Are you willing to say, Lord, I'm making room for you to do whatever you want to? Stuff should never define you. You don't need stuff to be happy. You don't need more to be happy. That's a lie from the pit. What happens when we get this mindset? We live in fear. That's why we hang on to stuff, and there's reasons for it. I was a depression child, all that, I understand that. But what I'm talking about, even in the blessing season, let's, let's, uh, let's not just bless other stuff, people with, with stuff that's worn out and we don't want it. It's either the trash or somebody. Let's, let's, let's invest good stuff, you know, that you don't need, as I mentioned. I guess that's what people do at garage sales and on eBay now, but for a price. We're not talking about that. We're talking about generosity. That's another indication that you're not just trusting God for the past, but you're trusting him for the present and for the future. I love the testimony of a pastor I read about. He said basically this. He said, this is what I'm practicing now. He said, when I buy one, I give one away. Don't you love that? When I get a new one, I give one away. I like that, I like that. What a generosity mentality that represents. Um, sometimes we get so bogged down with all the sentimental things you hold on to, and, and for what? I mean, you already hold the memories, the life experiences, you treasure those. Why do we have to keep on hanging on to things? I, I remember when I was at Olivet, Jim Dobson, Dr. Jim Dobson coming there and speaking, and, and he said, he was a student at Olivet, and he said, I remember one day, he said, I was really struggling with things, and he said, I had all these trophies from tennis and basketball, and he said, I just gathered them all up and threw them in the dumpster. What am I saving them for? For what? For what? Well, I gotta hurry, consume less, consume less. 
We're talking about even the blessing season. I, told, I, I shared this last week or two, but practice more premeditated spending and investing. This time of year, many people, some say 60% plus, say they shop to make themselves feel better when they're down. It's a form of entertainment. The problem is it never lasts and the bills come. It's a high that's temporary. Be careful because it's so addictive. So addictive. Psalm 119, 36 and 7 Give me an eagerness for your laws rather than for the love of money. 21 Jumpstart, your word, God's word in us. We want to welcome the word, welcome his word into our lives and our heart and lives. Turn my eyes from worthless things and give me life through your word. Your word is truth. I love the song that we sing sometimes, give me Jesus. You can have this world, just give me Jesus. Things don't define you, God does. When you say yes to him, your new identity is what? I am a child of God. Have you heard that before? Have you heard that before? By the way, when you think about this, about consuming less, you, you try this somewhere in the blessing season. You listen. Listen to the stories you share around family tables. We love family tables. Aren't the decorations great? Come to the table. Don't you love the decorations that Gail and her crew put together? Terrific. Thank you. Thank you. But in your family in this blessing season, could you create a new, a new tradition and try to choose life experiences over things? Your kids don't want things. They want to be. They want to do. That's what they remember. Remember, you have those sessions, right? You remember when this happened? You remember when we had car trouble? You remember this? You remember? Those life experiences are unforgetting. You can't forget them, and they're life-changing. It's not things. Ask your child or grands what their favorite growing up memories are, and it'll always be something you did together. Are you with me out there? Yeah. All right, I'm hurrying. Finally, contribute more. The best way is to start giving and to keep giving and to increase your giving. You make a decision and discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness, as it says in 1 Timothy 4, 7. Be disciplined yourself for the purpose of godliness. Lord, I'm yours. I love what Paul taught Timothy in 1 Timothy 6, 17. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud, not to trust their money, which is unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works, generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience True life. I just can't imagine being a part of a team and not contributing. I can't think, I, it's unimaginable to me that you'd be a part of a church, but you wouldn't be a contributing member with your trust, time, talent, treasure, tongue, all those things, touch, tears that we talk about. Could I just say this as I wrap it up? There are few, if any, listen, emotional getting stories. There are some. There are even fewer emotional keeping testimonies. I'm so glad. I just want to thank the Lord that I didn't give in to that prompt, and I, I chose not to be generous, and I didn't give, and I just want to tell you about it. Have you ever heard those testimonies? Of course not. In contrast, emotional giving stories are off the charts. There are too many to count, and they're still happening because you were created to contribute. To make a difference. Isn't that exciting? God wants to use you to make a difference. He wants to use us to do more together than any one of us could do alone. God always blesses decisions and actions of generosity. 
The older I get, the less value I place on things. I love to give. We love to give, 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 give. And the greatest desire we have is to be generous. Could I read it again? It's Ecclesiastes 4, 6. Better one handful with peace, tranquility, than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. What are you chasing? Not accusing, just asking. Let's focus this blessing season on what matters most. Will you join me? Remember, this isn't all there is. We're just passing through. We want to lay up treasures in heaven. Agreed? Are you accumulating things on earth that you cannot keep, or are you investing in heaven things that you cannot lose? Practice quality living. Talk about it around your table. Do you need to clean house? Do you need to consume less? Do you need to contribute more? Your life is valuable. Look at me. Look at me online. God loves you. He loves you. And if he's convicting you today, it's his Holy Spirit. It's out of love and compassion. He wants the best for you. Your calling is great. I said it again. You have a unique story. Don't waste your life chasing things that don't last. Consit, con, commit your, 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 your trust, as I said, your time, your talent, your treasure, your touch, your tears, your tongue to God and live for his purposes. Let your heart make room for him. That's what the blessing season is all about. Let every heart make room. And everybody said,